this is Stephanie Ortega, and you're listening to the Remix Movement Podcast. Hello, beautiful listeners, beautiful people out there listening to our podcast for the Remix Movement. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Stephanie here with... I'm Lewis. Yes, and we're back at it again. Do I not sound better today? Yes, you do. I do, right? Way better than our last episode. Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, wow, I can't believe I sounded so bad. <laughs> but we, we understand that, you know, you're working hard. You had a good time with your friends. You lost your voice. You have recuperated and you're 100% now. 110%. What? Chicka, chicka. Wish I had that sound effect. Yeah, yeah. No need, no need. <laughs> All right. So in our last episode, prior to the one with Lewis, um, episode 75, We went ahead and we talked about lost and found. And we actually talked about how it's really important for us as believers to go to church, even in this crazy pandemic that we're still in the midst of. Right. We need to make sure that even though um, we are disconnected physically, maybe because you either don't feel comfortable or you can't because your church isn't open yet. Whatever the case is, you still have an opportunity to go to church virtually Thanks to today's technology and social media channels. So we hope that you went ahead and did our last episode challenge, which is basically check out one or all of those five churches that we recommended to follow. And if you miss them, they're actually going to be on our Instagram and Facebook, and you'll be able to see that on one of our last posts. So check out one or all five, follow them. They all stream live their services on Sunday, or they have some type of way for you to connect with them online via a Zoom group or a YouTube channel. Um, so if uh, if you've never gone to church, find a way to go to church. And if you do have a home church, go back and connect with the people there. Make it a priority to go to church and connect to God and connect to others starting this Sunday that just passed. Yes. Yeah. So I can tell you, Lewis and I went to church this Sunday and it felt good to be back home. It did. It did. It felt so good to see our friends, to see our family. Granted, it was really weird at the beginning. Right, Lewis? Uh, Not for me. You don't think so? Because like you say hi to people and like you kind of have to give like an air hug. Yeah. Or like a fist pump. I don't think it was weird. I think it was just taking necessary precautions it was but i'm so not used to it i'm not used to like seeing people i love and i care about and not giving them a handshake or a high five or air i mean a regular hug so hopefully things will get better with time and then we'll be able to go back to normal because i feel like you know we we need interaction sure we do so today i'm gonna go straight into it the title of the episode is tug of war so lewis the question i have for you is what do you think of when I say tug of war? Uh, tug of war is one of those games that you play with. Uh, I think you know in your early stages of uh, education, childhood, uh, childhood, yeah. So like I don't know, middle school, kindergarten, around the, that time. Uh, it is a fun game. What uh, is it? What does it entail? Okay, so it's pretty much uh, two teams that go at each other, uh, pulling a rope, and the one that pulls the rope. Uh, closest to their side wins yeah so the way that i really liked it when i was younger was when they used to have like the the mud pit in the middle so like think of like a really long rope and usually they have like six or four people four to six people on each team right and they have this huge pit of mud like right in the middle and then the looser team the one that didn't have enough strength to pull their end of the rope they end up getting all drenched all dirty and all full of that mud 
Yeah, that sounds like fun. And it was a clear sign of like, yo, you lost. <laughs> right. Well, this is also a team building exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so like you are uh, in it with your team, uh, obviously trying together to pull your end of the rope. Yeah, so it's it's a test of strength, right? Absolutely. So like each team is trying to see who's stronger to be able to pull the other person. Yes. All right. So I was thinking of this game and I was also trying to see how it goes into the context of spiritualism or our spiritual life. Right. So do you think that we're currently in a tug of war between the world and what God says in the Bible? And when uh, I say the world, I mean like scientists. Yes, every day. Right? So like, it's kind of like, you have to really think like, if I had to put a subtitle to this topic, it would be like, who do you believe more? Right? Do you believe more what the doctors say, what the scientists say, what the people are saying about the pandemic, what the people are saying about the economy, what the people are saying about money, how you should live, how you should raise your kids? Like, are you really thinking about what other people are saying in this world? Or are you really putting your efforts into believing what God says in the Bible? Right? Like what God says in the Bible. Is that like, are you thinking like, no way. Like, I know that's what they say, but my God is bigger so he can make the impossible happen. I know it's, it's a ph philosophical question, right? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those that you have to think on. Right. All right. So here's another cool thing, right? This is like the most randomest thing that I thought about, because in one of our earlier episodes, you and I were talking about uh, Noah's Ark. And we talked about how like scripture that we read can definitely be used to interpret and to help you and what you're going through with right now. And you gave the example like, hey, if we talked about Noah's Ark just because it happened years ago in biblical times doesn't mean that that same situation can happen now. Right. It can apply to our lives. It can be different. And we can see God within the story and helping us with our life now. So I was I was looking into Noah's Ark and I was checking it out and I began to read kind of like the beginning of it. And then I stumbled upon this tug of war phenomenon. Right. And I'm going to explain to you why. The first thing I thought about was like, why did God send a massive flood to destroy all that he took his sweet time to create on Earth? Mm -hmm. Good. Right. Like. Like, have you really like thought about that? If God took six days, we know it's seven because on the seventh day he rested. But if God took six days to create all the animals, all the livestock, all the trees, Adam and Eve and everything super beautiful, super the way he wanted it, his his intention for the whole world he created. And then all of a sudden God goes ahead and says, you know what? I'm going to destroy the earth that I created with a huge devastating flood. You know, the way that I see it is like uh, that is like one of the realest things that God's ever done. Destroy the earth. Yeah. So not that he just. Yes, he destroyed the earth. Um, but who doesn't have this like feeling of disappointment ever? Like we all go through these moments where we're just so like devastated. We're so like inferior. Like we we reach a boiling point. We all do this. This is yeah. how we relate to God. Yeah. Because God is. We are like God and God is like us, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. at a certain extent. Um, but, you know, the fact that God was just so like done, he was just he was disappointed. Disappointed. OK, yeah. I'm glad you pointed into that direction because he was so disappointed that he got mad. Okay. And this is yeah. the first time that we hear 
in the scripture, right, in Genesis, that, that he got so devastated that he got mad. And he was like, you know what? My, my solution to this problem is I'm going to flood the earth. Yes. All right. So we're going to go into Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. And this is where we're getting to why God decided to do this. It says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race. I will create. I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy Every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground and every bird of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. And, and that's just crazy because you read these verses and you're like, wow. So Adam and Eve had already eaten from the tree. Sin was already in this world. And we get to the point where every every person that he created, every single one of them, Every descendant of Adam up to this point was evil. They were doing things that were wrong. And it got to the point where he goes through disappointment because as he clearly says it broke his heart. But then it, it turns into like, you know what? God's wrath, right? So God, God gets mad sometimes, right? God hates evil. We all know this. This is God is good and the enemy is bad. And that's just what it is. It's the polar opposite, right? But he says, I'm going to wipe everything off the face of the earth that I created from up in the sky to down to the bottom. But then he says in verse eight, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Everything is all bad, bad, bad. And then he, he literally zones out one person. But Noah found favor with the Lord. So what's the revelation here? God's favor will always protect you no matter how mad God is with you because of the choices that you made that go against who he is and what the word of God says in the Bible. His favor is always going to protect you. He will always set you apart to forgive you and give you another chance to do what is right. I mean, Lewis, like, aren't you so happy for God's favor? Absolutely. I mean, God's favor is just like that. We make mistakes, right? We're humans. We make mistakes. We say the wrong things. We may say something to somebody and they get offended. We may not share something with somebody that God wanted us to share. We may disobey our, our parents or whatever the case is. And God may get mad with you because you made the wrong choices or you made mistakes. But he's always going to have his favor protect you. And that is just straight up awesome. It is. It really is. Yeah. So we're going to move forward. I want to read verses 9 and 10 because it goes all together. Now we're going into Noah and his family. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Verse nine, Noah was a righteous man. The one being blah, 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 blah. The one, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what that was. The one blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jabbath. I hope I'm pronouncing them right. I know Ham I'm pronouncing right, but Shem, Ham, and and Jabbath. So, Louis, do you know how old Noah was when he had those three kids? I have no idea. All right. So, if we go back to the pre- 900, I think, right? No. Whoa, Louis. Like wow. No way off. Yeah. Yeah, wow. like wow. <laughs> but um but if we go to um 
If we go to the chapter before, if you go to Genesis chapter 5, verse 32, it's going to say that Noah didn't become a father of his three sons until he was 500 years old. So I wasn't that off. I mean, 900 and 500, Louis. It's like about like 400 difference. Okay. But we're talking about something that people are going to say is impossible to ever happen. Like, let alone you lived 500 years old and at that time you ended up having kids. Yeah, it's pretty old. That's pretty old, but that's that's very impossible for a lot of people that don't believe in Jesus Christ to really like really think about happening, right? Like some of our friends and family may not know who God is, and they haven't even gotten into the book of Genesis. But if you read Genesis, it'll tell you people lived a really long time back then. And I'm glad you said 900 because the Bible says that the oldest person to ever live, ever, ever, ever live on the earth, the same earth we're all living on, was 969 years old, almost a thousand years old. Like, wow. Talk about impossible. That is like crazy faith, right? So that's unheard of in today's date, right? And the reason why it's unheard of is because of the fact that a lot of the scientists are saying that you can only live to be 70 to 80 years old. That's what the world is saying. But the Bible says that, at one point, you could have lived to be 969 years old, right? So God intentionally created Adam and Eve and his creation and everybody who lived on the earth to live a long and prosperous life. I mean, when he said multiply and be, what is it that he says? Multiply and be fruitful. Like he honest to God meant like multiply your years, your kids, everything and be fruitful, live a long life and enjoy it, right? So if you go back to Genesis chapter six at the very beginning, right, we talked about how uh, God went ahead and he created the earth and there were multiple, you know, people there and they created everybody. Right. So I'm going to read verses six, one through three. It says, then the people began to multiply on earth. Sons and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women that they took for their wives. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years old. So because they were so evil, because they didn't do things the way God intended them to be, he cut their lifespan. He literally like said, you know what? You're not going to live up to 900 years old. I'm going to cut you. Your lifespan on earth is only going to be 120. And that is a long time, right? Very long time. That's like, that's a huge, that's more than 400. That's more than 400. Yes. Right. So God goes ahead and, and we see this story. We see how everything is going, right? God's intentional design was for us to live many years. That's what the Bible says. And yet we go ahead and we continue to think what man says is always better than what the God says. So here, here's another thing, right? You were meant to live for more good experiences. You were meant to have a life that was fruitful. You were meant to have blessings here on earth. God wants us to enjoy life, and he always continues to say that, right? So I wanted to go ahead and look at like how you know the scientists of today got to the life expectancy of 70 and 80, because I thought this was really cool, right? So in 2017, a study not too long ago, there was a study done by World Bank that showed the average life expectancy actually differs where you live. 
So do you think that the people in the United States live longer than the people in Canada? Possibly. Right? So in this study, it showed if you lived in Canada, your life expectancy was about 82 years old. If you lived in the United Kingdom, your life expectancy was about 81. But if you lived in the United States, your life expectancy drops to 78 years old. That's it. And obviously, like, your body takes a toll with regards to what's going around, the stresses of life, you know, what you're eating, how you exercise. Like, they're all going to tell you the same thing. But the Bible tells us that you can live, you can live up to 120 years old. So, you know, I wanted to dig a little deeper because I was talking to my grandfather about this. And I was like, there's a tug of war going on in my mind because I'm like, do I believe what the Bible says? And, and I'm going to do the best I can with my body now because I want the body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, to continue to flourish in my life. Or do I just live with the fact that, you know what, if I make it to 70, 80 years, ah, I'm OK. I mean, I'm wondering, is, is that something that you've thought of before, Lewis? Like, like, have you thought about that? To be honest, no. Is it something you care about? Um, to be honest, not, not right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. Like sometimes we just don't think about these things, but it is mindful, like, like mind blowing to know that God, God's plan intentionally is fed to us in a way where we need to have the faith to believe that we will get to that many years. I mean, can you imagine us being able to see our kids, our grandkids, our great, great grandkids, like, getting married, having kids, going to their houses, being healthy at 110? Sure. Or 111? I mean, the oldest person I know of would be um, my grandmother's husband who just recently passed away, like maybe two years ago. And he was 104. Like, even 104. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and dig a little deeper because my grandfather was telling me, hey, but Stephanie, you know, dig a little deeper because the Bible does mention something about 70 to 80 years. So in Psalms chapter 90, verse 8 to 12, it says, you spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our lives with a groan. 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80 but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they will disappear and we fly away. So who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that you may grow in wisdom. So the title to this passage in Psalms is a, is a prayer of Moses, right? And even though this is talking about the times of when Moses and the Israelites were being in captive and Moses was used to set them free by God, we can still use these verses to touch a little bit on Noah's Ark and the great flood. Because at that time, again, God saw the world's sin. We live under God's ruling. He's our creator. He created us. He was so angry and heartbroken with our sin. He cut out the life expectancy to 120, right? And still he goes ahead and he allows justice to be done when he gives favor to Noah because he still saves Noah and his family. He still saves two of every kind of 
animal. We're going to go a little bit into that maybe in the next couple episodes. But God still has mercy on mankind. And he still allows what what people need to know is that it's not the 70 or 80 years that have to directly go with age. He's referring to maybe the 70 to 80 years that those in captivity had. And, and again, if you're going under, if you're under captivity, if you're under somebody's mind, if you're under somebody's thumb, if you are, you know, in a, in a country where you are struggling day by day, you're struggling with just trying to find food and water, then maybe you have 70 to 80 years. But those of us who are, are blessed enough to not be born under those conditions, we need to have the faith to understand that God created us for more. God created us to live and abound. God created us to be wise in his wisdom. God created us so that we can be able to enjoy the life that we have here on the earth. All right. Um, Lewis, can you go ahead and read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9? It says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yes. So what's the revelation here? Life is short. We hear this all the time. People say it. Life is short. And the reason why they say life is short, because for them, uh, too many people that are too young, even less than 70 or 80 years old, are being lost. They're being lost in sin. They're being lost in not enjoying their lives. They're being lost in sickness. They're being lost in shame. They're being lost in a life that was meant to be longingful, fruitful, and, and one that you can enjoy. And unfortunately, it is shorter than what God intended. Because as you see in these verses, one day is like a thousand years for God. And a thousand years for God is like one day. And, and we can't fall captive to the mindset of thinking that life is short because of the tragedies and difficulties that we're going through. We have to be able to embrace the brevity of life, just like it says in, in Psalms. We have to be able to embrace the fact that even though life may seem short, even though life may be unbearable with our tragedies, our pandemic, our finances, the economy, the presidential debate, everything going on, even though life may seem like it's getting shorter and shorter with everything going on, we need to be able to embrace the life we have and learn to live growing in wisdom. That's the key, growing in wisdom. And where do we get the wisdom and the faith from God? We don't get them from scientists. We don't get them from doctors. We don't get them from the news. That's for sure. We get them from God. We get them from the Bible. We get them from reading what God has to say to us in the Bible. So in, in the tug of war of life, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, like, who are you going to believe more, God or man? I mean, that's that question seems like an easy one now. Now it does, right? because now we understand that God's plan is so much more different than man's plan. Yep. God's news is so much more faithful and bright and beautiful and intentionally, purposely created for us versus what man has to offer. Man would only know what's happening now. The scientists are only finding things out right now. They don't know the future. We're, they're walking day by day as we are because we're all human. But the God we serve, he already knows our future. 
The God we serve isn't worried about what's going to happen after Corona. He's not worried about how the economy is going to pick up after. He's not worried about how our kids are going to be after we send them to school because God already knows our future. We can have the peacefulness and the wisdom to know that God cares for us and we can follow God's plans versus what man says. Now, I'm not saying throw the book out with whatever they say, because obviously God gives wisdom to people. Right. And we have to be able to take what they are saying to protect ourselves and stay healthy. But we also have to believe God's promises and God's faithfulness. That should always be our priority. So I know it was a lot of Bible reading today. I know it was a lot of, you know, just philosophical kind of things. But I really did have this mindset of tug of war. And I think this is a really good way to kind of start our conversations about Noah's Ark. Because, again, this is just the preface. This is just God revealing certain things to us, you know, revealing to us that we don't need people's validations. We don't need to hear what the doctor is trying to tell us if it's not something that's for our promise. We need to keep God on mind first. We need to keep God and the Bible and the word that he gives us first. So in today's challenge for this episode, it's going to be start living your life based on faith and what God says in the Bible more than the world. All right. And here's a few examples. You can apply this if you are a woman who is facing um, fertility issues. If you go to a doctor and the doctor says it's going to be a miracle if you have a child. Believe God's promises. Do not be discouraged. You can apply this if you are thinking to yourself, well, no one's safe from the coronas. Everybody's going to get corona. So let me just deal with it. No, you believe God's promise that God will protect you and God will be with you and he will never leave you. You can apply this if you're going through substantial debt as a result of unemployment. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm never going to get a job. No, you have to believe God's promises and have faith that God will give you the job that you're asking for at the right time so that you can be there for your family. So start living your life based on faith and what God says in the Bible more than what the world says. Amen. That sounds really good. Amen. Louis, do you have anything else to say about this? I think you said it like, what is it? Uh, You nailed the coffin. You, you put the nail in you the coffin. You put the nail in the coffin, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And I will see you on video sometime next week. Okay. All right. God bless. God bless. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.